Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Thursday, June 9th. 2022 we've got a lot to get through today a lot of emails some voicemails as well as we get closer to the next premium live event which is money in the bank coming to you july 2nd so i know you guys have a lot to say i've got a lot to say as well let's get it all rolling right after this hey guys so check out our sponsor of today's episode and the doctor it's a doctor i actually love to see he's where i get all of my cbd from and it's a doctor that you can visit too by going to drganja.com, that's Dr. D-R, ganja, G-A-N-J-A, dot com. They have a huge selection of CBD and hemp-based products, including cannabinoids such as Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, THCA, THCO, THCP, HCC, and so much more. And the best part is they ship for free within the United States and offer international shipping as well. So go to drganja.com, D-R-G-A-N-J-A.com. And right now you can use the promo code WWE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also, if you're located in the Los Angeles area, if you're somewhat local, they just opened the Dr. G store. It's located at 11302 Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. They've been around for over four years, and everything they have on the site is available for pickup, but the actual store has additional products the site doesn't have, drinks, snacks, tobacco products, etc. But check out the website, guys. Most of you are probably not local, so I'd really recommend you go to drganja.com and get all of your CBD needs, and don't forget to use that promo code WWE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go check out drganja.com today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. Hey everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag. It is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. It's about 7.30 in the evening as I record this. And yeah, it's a bit late, guys. I understand. I know. I know. I've had some of you ask me where the mailbag is. Um, I mean, do I need to tell you why? Do I need to tell you why it's late, guys? Do you even really care? Or do you just kind of know, right? Work, kids, my like my actual job, I mean. Like I have a real job that I telecommute for and sometimes go to the office. And so, uh, you know, kids and wife and house and chaos. And it's, it's, uh, it's, a, I know it's a tired excuse guys, but that's, that's exactly what's going on. Right. I don't, I don't want to get this out late. I enjoy my three days off and then I get back on the saddle with a um, week in review. So, uh, but anyway, we are here. We're going to talk about the mailbag uh, because you guys wanted to go to talk about the mailbag. We're going to talk to you guys, which are the mailbag because there's a lot to get to. You guys sent a lot of stuff in this week. And we're going to get through it as quickly and efficiently as we can. Uh, I'm going to try to not make this a two-hour show and be just efficient with my answers. That's what I'm going to. That's my goal. Let's see if I can do it. But if you guys haven't joined us before, thank you. Get on the ad-free uh, train, guys. For a dollar, you get on the ad-free train. And go to patreon.com slash WWE podcast. A dollar. Not only does it get you hundreds of ad-free episodes, you get on the Discord server. You get a shout-out on the show. You get access to the After Dark show, which I haven't pumped out a new one of those in a while, but uh, the After Dark, which is an X-rated, R-rated show, that's available to you. And so much more as you go up in tier, including a mug. You, you get t-shirts as you go up in tier. You get to come on the show and co-host with me if you want. Video, 
Lots of stuff, guys. And as well as on Apple Podcasts, there's an ad-free button, 99 cents a month or $10 for the entire year. I mean, geez, I can't make it any cheaper. So, uh, which tells you how I value the show. I guess that's kind of an insult to my own show. But hey, all right, let's move on before I embarrass myself any further. And let's just jump into it, everybody. Let's jump into the mailbag. Patreon members get priority. And that will mean that uh, Grim Reefer starts off the show. God, catchy name, Grim Reefer. I'm just trying to figure out what it means. Because it's not like, it's kind of a mix of Grim Reaper, but also I know what Reefer means. So maybe there's a connection there I'm missing. But okay, so he says, hey, WWE Podcast Universe, Grim here. Uh, can I start giving a shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Couch, a wrestling fan there? Uh, they're offered to join their faction and Denise McGinley or Dennis McGinley to join his faction. But sorry, guys, the Grim Reefer flies solo. Oh, okay. So you, you're denying. You're, you're, you're remaining independent. Okay, got it. Uh, the way Seth lost to Cody, there is no doubt this will continue. Cody counters a pedigree. He took a pedigree. Then he tried to hit Cody with crossroads, which Cody countered him and hit multiple crossroads. What a kick in the teeth for Seth. Uh, you can't counter your own move, but I can. That, on top of three losses, one of them to a one-armed man, then Seth had to attack him to bring the heat back on him. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's well, I'll continue on before I respond. It's sad to say how much of a joke tag teams have become. I'm a big lover of original tag teams over a put together, a ta- over a put together tag team. Bring back the days of Legion of Doom, Bushwhackers, Nasty Boys, Demolition, Natural Disasters, The Rockers. Oh, man, my world fell apart when Shawn Michaels, Sweet Chin Music, Marty Jannetty threw the Bruce the Barber Beefcake's barber shop window. But now we've got the poo day. <laughs> Corbin got tangled up in a chair. So that's him having a holiday. Uh, cheers for now, Grim. Thanks, Grim. Well, f- I'll make two comments. Number one. Yeah, I mean, I already made, I, I've already expressed my concern and frustration with Seth Rollins losing that match to Cody. I don't think it's the best of decisions creatively. However, it looks like they're going to have a fourth match. Whenever that happens, I mean, we don't know when Cody Rhodes is coming back. I, you know, there, there's that four to six month rumor floating around. Uh, but for what I understand, his surgery was a, a success. But I don't know truly what time he's time frame he's going to come back in. And WWE always inflates the time frame. I think for the return to uh, hopefully allow the star, allow the the wrestler to an opportunity to come back sooner and surprise the, the fans, right? So do I think it's going to be sooner than four to six months? I'm not a doctor, but I hope, I hope. And it looks like we'll get part four of Cody and Seth <clears throat> whenever that does happen. And I'm cool with it. But again, <clears throat> if, um, if Seth Rollins loses that fourth match to Cody, I don't think I've ever, in my years of wrestling, uh, in watching wrestling, seen a program, a legit program, not one that's supposed to be a joke or haha, a serious one in which one person loses three, much less four consecutive matches. There's always that kind of middle victory or initial victory, but the babyface gets the blow off. That's typically how it works. Not always, but a general rule of thumb. And I've never, I, I can't recall I don't even know three, much less if Cody beats Seth for a fourth time, if I've ever seen that. So uh, I don't know. I, I have 
I have I'm taking particular issue with this and uh, yeah I agree okay but uh, as far as tag teams go you're never going to see those individuals the tag teams that you mentioned those legendary tag teams the nasty boys the bushwhackers demolition natural disasters rockers those are not coming back um, I think the closest that you're going to get to that in the modern era is RK bro which was a lightning in a bottle it was not by design it was a it was a team created for uh, for Randy to turn on Riddle at last year's SummerSlam and it just caught on fire and people loved it and they went with it and it's continuing and I think it's going to continue until they break up towards the end of this year and they have a program all the way to WrestleMania that's what I believe now you're ne- again not to say that you'll never see another tag team of that kind of chemistry that comes along but Name another team in recent memory that has wasn't supposed to become that popular, and they did just out of sheer luck and then the stars aligning. I can't. So the guys that you're mentioning, I mean, the legendary tag teams, Bush, Legion of Doom, no, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, even if they try to, because they're, the thing is, they're not going to try to. Vince is never, has never, at least in my lifetime, been focused on the tag teams to be at that level again it, it those teams sometimes were not teams that were created in wwe some of those teams came from outside and were brought in from other promotions and it sometimes stuck now the sean michaels marty Jannetty moment i remember that only because I, i've seen it in you know in retro like it wasn't i wasn't watching it live at the time but yeah that's a very famous uh famous uh scene no doubt okay thanks grim hope all is well with you Alrighty, let's get to the next message here, and that is from Anthony. Anthony V writes in and says, So, it seems like the Lashley and Omas feud is done now, and it's looking like a possible tag team feud with Dolph and Rude for Omas and MVP. If that's the case, what's next for Bobby Lashley? Possibly Austin Theory, but I'm hearing a lot of talk of John Cena returning on June 20th. It's June 27th, actually, um, but close. I'd love to have. I'd love to see Bobby and Roman personally. I think it'd be a better off feud with Drew, but I don't see that happening. Also, crazy thought: What if the Fiend returned to uh, by the returned as the leader of the Judgment Day to have the Demon be his right hand man? Ooh, boy, you're you're bringing up something I didn't think about with the Fiend there, Anthony. Now, do I think The Fiend would be a fun leader of a group? Yes. In fact, I like that idea better than just bringing him back solo because he has people to help build. And he has people, like you said, the demon to to work with. That's fun. I like that a lot. Especially if you're, I mean, if you're going to trade, if you're going to oust Edge and turn him back babyface, which is essentially what they did Monday night. You got to have somebody replace him as big or bigger. And Finn Balor is, he's a big star in his own right. He's no edge. You get a little bit closer in terms of, I think, star power with Bray Wyatt. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't understand that. That's not your question as far as edge goes. But I uh, like your fiend idea. Now, with Bobby Lashley, where does he go? I think he goes and challenges or, or at least is a participant in the Money in the Bank ladder match because I don't think Theory and Lashley is a match that's going to be on the event, on the Money in the Bank event, because they need big stars in that the main event, which is the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, that's not to say that Theory and Lashley won't have their championship match on a Monday Night Raw prior to the uh, the, the event, 
I think they could. And then maybe Theory, ha- I don't know, defends it at the event against somebody else. Or maybe Lashley does double duty. It's not impossible. But if Lashley were going to be involved in anything, I would want him involved in that Money in the Bank ladder match. Because if he won, that would be a fun program with Lashley and Reigns. Which I think, do I think it's inevitable? Uh I, I don't think it's inevitable because of the actually the the uh, the, the lineup of people that are apparently in uh, in succession ready for Roman Reigns and that being Riddle at Money in the Bank, Orton at SummerSlam, Drew at Clash at the Castle, and then it's unknown after that. So again, and I could be wrong about that, but that's what I've heard from many that I've spoken to and also on online. So all right. Um, oh, and as far as your question about a possible tag team with Dolph and Rude against Omas and MVP. I mean, fine. <laughs> Who's the baby face, though? I mean, honestly, like, uh, who who are the baby faces in that program? Like, Dolph and Rude are as, you know, colder than the old, uh, colder than the other side of the pillow, as Jim Ross would say. So, uh, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm not against it. It's something for Omas and MVP to do. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you, buddy. And uh, let's see here. Let's go with uh, Dennis, Mr. Dennis McGinley. How you doing, buddy? He says, this is none other than, than your heel of the show, Mr. Dennis McGinley. New York Kyle and I are taking things over with a group they call the McGinley Faction. For all of the members, you dumb nuts, you need to call in or email to the mailbag to tell Matt you're a part of the group. Time is limited, and I give next week and after the week after that uh, until you're out of the group. And Kyle and I will trash and destroy you like a toy. Boy, nothing like trying to get people to volunteer. Eh? <laughs> Saying you either join my group or we'll destroy you. Boy, uh, the, the, the th- either join us or uh, we'll destroy you. Uh, that's, a, that's a great message for people to just want to join. I like it. Um, so you think you can diss my music. Did you hear what I said last week in the mailbag about your Yankee? It is best when I see them lose and lose. Well, uh, Dennis, I have to say, they have the best record in baseball at 40 and 16. So, yeah, it doesn't happen much. But, hey, you said you're a proud Redbirds fan, and we can, uh, we can come. I'm not sure what you mean. So you said you can come back at all your teammates, but uh, I'll move on here. Also, I told the dumb overrated takeover Oh, man, we're trashing Mr. and Mrs. Cows wrestling fan here. Yikes. Uh, it doesn't matter what y'all think. Roman is so old as being champ. He should go out to try for the Yankees because uh, he has two belts. I don't like the fact that Roman is a part-timer. What can't you defend? Uh, why can't you defend those belts at the Premium Live event? That's sad. I mean, he could have. He could have defended those at the Premium Live event, but... He has moved into a new stage of his career. As he said in Trenton, New Jersey a month or so ago, as he spoke to the crowd genuinely as Joe on Hawaii, not Roman Reigns, um, he said he's moving into a new stage of his career. And he's, but he didn't specify exactly what that means, but I think we all know that means that he's going to be taking more time off, just kind of taking it easier. And, he, and you know what? He's, he's been carrying WWE on his back since he returned in August of 2020 and had the biggest run of his career. You know, and he's far from over. So I know that you're tired. Everyone's tired of him as champion. But you know what? I say, I, I say buckle in. I don't think we're anywhere near done. I know people don't want to hear that. 
but I've made this argument with Anthony DeMarco and I really believe that it's, um, it's going to be a thousand day rain. They're already at what, like 600 something. I mean, like getting close to 700 soon. They were, they're 60 some percent of the way there. <laughs> Why not go all the way? I mean, to say that they have a, ch- a champion for a thousand days, the thousand, imagine that celebration, the thousand day reign of Roman reigns, the thousandth day. Imagine we'll never see that again in our lifetimes. If I was WWE, I'd do it. And fans are getting pissed at this. Good. You know, like, uh, I, I think fans are, and you know what? Roman reigns has pulled back. They're not showcasing him as much. He's not on every live event. He's not on every, he's not really on anything except big events and not even B pay-per-views. And good for him. It makes it more special. Now, the brands without the, the championships does hurt every once in a while. But yeah. So, okay. Let me talk about Dominic Mysterio. He's in the WWE because his daddy got him there. But I think Dominic needs to go go to NXT and away from Daddy Ray. I totally agree. Ray Mysterio and, and Dominic need to break up. The only way I'd want them in a on screen at the same time is if they are in a program against one another. And they started to tease that if anyone forgot about six months ago and they started to tease it where they were miscommunicating and losing matches. And he was trying to help his dad and dad was trying to help him. But every time they held, try to help each other, it would just backfire and it went nowhere. And I was sad because there's a lot they could do. And I think Dominic has a heel against his dad with a lot of the storyline stuff that all the way back to 2004 with Eddie Guerrero and the, who's your daddy? Who's your poppy? I'm your dad. Like all that stuff. If, you guys don't know there's something that you could pull from all the way back from my God, 18 years ago. My God, is it 18 years? Oh my God. Uh, anyway, another thing about the Apple podcast and it being 99 cents ad free and any other patron that has had this, are you having trouble with ads coming back and then having to always let to tell Matt these freaking ads? Sorry, but it might not have <laughs> the 99 cent deal. Okay. Dennis, uh, let me tell you something. The the way Apple Podcasts works, I upload the ones with ads, and then it takes the system, the Apple Podcasts Connect system, which I have no control over, an undetermined amount of time for that episode to pop up in in behind the scenes for me, where I can add the one that has no ads. Sometimes that's a couple of minutes. Sometimes it's a half an hour. And by that time, I'm distracted doing some other stuff. So there, if you see an episode pop up, a new one on Apple Podcasts, there is a delay because Apple's Apple Podcast Connected, which is what they call it, doesn't pick up that new episode in the background for anywhere from one minute, again, to like 30 minutes. Sometimes it's been over an hour. So I have to like constantly sit and refresh and I try to put it up as quickly as I can because and if I don't, then the people that have ad free are actually still going to have ads. So a lot of it's out of my control and I don't, I'm not going to sit there on my computer and like every three seconds hit refresh. So you're probably hitting it right when I upload in between the time I upload and in between the time Apple podcasts says, Oh, I, I see a new episode. Let me, let me let you know about it. And then, but then I have to upload the the the, uh, the actual ad free one. So there's a bit of a gap. Anybody that's listening, I've had nobody else complain about this. I gotta say, but I know what you're saying, Dennis. You're probably just hitting it wrong. So a new episode comes up, give me a little time. 
because it's not instant. It's the Apple podcast system that just takes a little bit, excuse me, a little bit of extra time. So, all right, Dennis, thanks, buddy. Let's move on. Tommy, Tommy Smith says, I haven't written in a while because life has been busy. Huh? Yeah, I second that, man. I still listen to the shows. I want to say thank you to everyone that makes the WWE podcast possible. Well, yes, thank you to everybody. I really am very uh, grateful for everyone that is uh, that does help out with this show, that contributes, including all of you guys, all the listeners. This show wouldn't exist without you. And I don't mean that in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way. I mean that for real. Uh, so anyway, I will try to keep this short. My question, comment, suggestion, complaint. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty big uh pretty big uh, collection of things that you're about to tell me is about this judgment day stuff. Why in the world would they build up edge as the super dark heel and then take him out before he has a chance to really do much with this new character? I heard you say that maybe they were needing another baby face and you mentioned Kevin Owens. If that's the real reason, I think there was someone even better that they could have went with immediately. And that's Seth Rollins. After he shook Cody's hand the other night, it would have been so simple to turn him, but instead they had him attack Cody, which cemented him as an evil heel. If they would have turned him babyface, he would have had a ton of matchups waiting for him, and most importantly, he has some unresolved business between him and Roman. Totally agree. So they could have easily used him in the months, the coming months for a program with him. I'm sure there is a flip side of this. If I'm missing, then I would love to hear your comments on this. Thanks again for all you do. Thanks, Tommy. Okay, well, first of all, I 100% agree about Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. They, Whenever they have a match together, it's magic. It's great. Just look at Survivor Series 2021. Uh, the, the, that was an excellent match, and I think Seth was a default babyface in that matchup. But I think they elected not to, to turn Seth as a quote-unquote replacement while Cody's out because, number one, Seth is a much better babyface or heel than a babyface. Seth has had a couple of unsuccessful babyface runs that didn't feel right. He's a naturally born heel. He's got a nasally natural voice that is not fun to listen to. His maniacal laugh just... I mean, imagine if him and Sasha Banks... I know she's not really active in WWE. She's suspended. But imagine if him and Sasha Banks ever became a tag team. It would be insufferable. Like, I would have to mute any time I see them on a microphone. They have the most insufferable laughs. And Seth does it, I think, a little bit more endearing in a way that is not as just wanting to gouge your ears out uh, than like Sasha Banks is worse. But anyway, I think Seth Rollins right now is a better heel. And they know they have, pun intended, or no pun intended, I guess, a really money in the bank when it comes to Seth and Cody. They know they can have a great match. Their chemistry is awesome. They have had excellent, excellent match of the year candidates every time they lock lock up. So why not go to a, to a fourth time, whenever that fourth time may be? And in the meantime, your solution, your suggestion was to turn Seth heel or babyface. But again, I think he's a better heel than a baby. Um, and I think that you know, maybe maybe Cody's not going to be gone for that long. We don't know the exact time he's going to be gone. So to turn Seth back, to turn him back, wouldn't make sense. So anyway, um, I, I just, to be honest, think that Kevin Owens is sitting right there. Um, and and I, I just, I don't understand what they did with Edge to take him out. It, it doesn't make sense to me at all. And I hope I'm wrong. And look, we've seen 
part one of part who knows with the Judgment Day storyline. I've just never seen a group catch on this quick to only get it disbanded this quick, at least for the leader with Edge, who is on a roll. It doesn't make sense at all. They start something, and then they have to inexplicably end it or go completely in a different direction with it. it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And I'm sure Edge, Adam Copeland, is pissed. There is no way that Adam Copeland went along with this. There's no way he's in a, where he's, you know, in in a board meeting or in a a production meeting, if he's involved in those, I don't know. And they saying, Hey, so uh, Adam, what do you, what do you think about, uh, you know, Rhea and Damien turning on you and Finn also joining and they all turn on you and saying, you're the reason that they're being held back. I'm sure he's saying they're going, "Hey, Hey guys, we just started this. We're cutting great promos. I'm the legend of the group giving everybody else the rub. Things are working well. The crowd's responding how we want them to. Why would we do this right now? <laughs> I I would love to hear the explanation. I would love to hear. And if somebody says to me too, well, again, oh, I have to balance it. I would say, well, the brand split's effectively dead too. So bring over whoever you want from SmackDown because, hey, they're not adhering to their rules and haven't been for many, many, many months. So why not that? You've essentially got the whole roster to pull from. So, Tommy, thanks, buddy. Hope all is well with you. All right. Let's go to Randy the Patron. Let's. What do you got to say, Randy? He says, first, man, oh, man, do I give Cody credit. That was brutal. I get that they try to get themselves prepared before the match, but I never understand why they work out before the match. Because you can get hurt. Something happens to Bailey. What is your take on that? Or same thing happened to Bailey. I mean, it's a risk no matter when you're exercising that this kind of stuff can happen, right? It's a risk anytime you're exercising or putting your body through strenuous activity. It is, but I don't I don't disagree with if they want to work out prior to the match. Now, I don't know if they're actually, you know, using dumbbells on the locker room or if, you know, you mean that they're going to the gym and then coming to the arena. I think that's what you mean. And it's because they want their muscles loosened up for the matchup. You don't want to go in there cold. If you go in there cold, you're not going to be able to, you, you, or you, you, you increase the risk of injury because your muscles aren't loosened up. I don't know all the science behind it, but nobody likes, when, you're, when you first start working out, okay, I work out, I don't know, a few times a week, but when you first start exercising, your muscles feel stiff, right? You feel a little bit, you know, not fully uh, at maximum strength. And it's not till about the middle or end of the workout. Sometimes where you feel like, you know, you're, you've, you've reached your, your max and you're much more flexible and you're stronger usually towards the middle end of your workout. Same thing with, uh, with this. And honestly, if they don't work out before the match, when are they supposed to work out after the match? When they get to their hotel? I mean, when exactly they're supposed to do it on the plane before they rent, go to the rental car and go to their hotel to get food. I mean, it's just also probably the way the time's out. So, okay. Also, love, love, love what they did with Rhea winning. Exciting to see her versus Bianca. However, who do you think wins and it will be more than one battle? I think Bianca Belair loses. And it may actually be the very first time. If it's not the first, it'll be the second encounter. It could be at SummerSlam where we have uh, Bianca Belair lose. And it, uh, honestly, I, 
if I was going to be a betting man, I would say the first time she escapes, the second time at SummerSlam, she loses. I think Bianca Belair is not does not have a whole lot of, a whole lot of momentum right now. She's sitting at ringside, no mic. She sits at ringside. She's been sitting at ringside like three out of the four weeks, no headset on her, and she can talk. She's not bad on the mic. Are they afraid of what she's going to say? And she just sits there and makes faces. Why? And I, I don't understand. Like again, I'm not pointing this at Bianca. I'm pointing this at creative. What, 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 <laughs> you can't put a headset on her. I mean, she's not a loose cannon. She doesn't have a history of saying things she shouldn't. She's decent on the mic. I don't. I just. I'm not following why they've just decided that that's her new home is ringside, just sitting there during matches. I, I, I don't get that, but I, I would say that Rhea wins it. I wouldn't be surprised if she wins it in their first encounter. I think probably more in their second. So, uh, but yeah, Rhea Ripley is going to win it, no doubt, and she should. But their matches are going to be fire. To quote uh, Mr. Kanye Twitty, they're going to be fire. I mean, I am really looking forward to Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair. It's going to be so much fun. Both powerhouse women, ultra athletic. It's going to be a blast. I can't wait. It's going to be a much different kind of matchup than we've seen versus like Becky or or whoever, right? It's going to be different and it's going to be fun. Okay. Early prediction for Money in the Bank for the women. I do think it's going to be Alexa Bliss. She's slowly moving back to her original self. As for the man, Finn Balor, since all that happened, uh, I think they're going to try to make the Bloodline 2.0. Um, I don't know if they're going to make the Bloodline 2.0, but I do see Finn Balor. If they're not going to bring in Bray Wyatt or somebody to lead this group, then Finn Balor is the, by default, biggest star in that team, and therefore... He is the de facto default leader. So I I wouldn't want them to try to duplicate the bloodline. I don't want them to. I don't want any reference to the bloodline with them. They have their own identity and they should keep it. Now, what what Edge ha- what happens with Edge, who knows? But as far as Alexa Bliss, I I hope so. You know, again, the, the minimal amount of time we've heard from Alexa, it's been disappointing. We haven't heard much from her other than just the generic, oh, you know, what do you think about this match? That kind of stuff, the pre-match interviews. I want the in-depth sit-down. Tell me what why, what happened. What caused the change? Did the therapy help? Why is Lily still here? Do you still have the darkness inside you? Just, just basic questions. But we're not going to get them. We know that. We're just supposed to accept that she's got new music that I don't like, by the way. Um, I'm not a big fan of the new music. I like either her... Uh, one that she used when she was the darker Alexa Bliss or the one that she was when she was the uh, goddess. One of the two. Not this kind of hybrid. It's uh, not catchy at all, I got to say. But Alexa Bliss in the ring and on the mic is always a treat. So let's see. As far as Roman goes, I'm really bored with him and his new contract is dumb and he's full of himself. <laughs> that's, that's it. Stay safe, Randy. Uh, Randy, I'm not sure how you feel. You need to be a little bit clearer here. We don't like ambiguity on the show. We like people to be straightforward. So if you could implement that next time, I, you know, I'd really appreciate it. We're going to have to you know, delete your emails. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I know people are bored with him, but isn't that a good thing then that he's not on as many shows? I mean, they're pulling back a lot on that, and that's a good thing for people like yourself that are bored of Roman Reigns in the same routine. <clears throat> um, 
Yeah, his new contract is dumb. Well, not for him. <laughs> I mean, he's probably making a boatload of money for a fraction of the dates, a fraction of the wear and tear on his body and more time at home with his family. Good for him. Yeah, the contract may be dumb, but not for the man who's cashing those checks. Um, and he's full of himself. Well, I'm sure he does have a true ego. Like Joe Onowai does have an actual ego. You can't not in this business. You, you you cannot get in this business and achieve, especially the level of success that Roman has or others, and not have an actual ego as a real human being, right? Now, the, of course, the character does. That's the whole character. But all right, Andy. Thanks, buddy. All right. Let's get to uh, one more email here, and then we'll take a break. But uh, it is it is ah Miller from beautiful. Oh, what? <laughs> I'll read it. He says, it's from BU. Nah, screw it. <laughs> I love the change. Oh, this, this is good stuff. What's going on in WWE? Haven't had the chance for weeks to watch it till this week, and it was an absolute mess and so disappointing. All credit to Cody and his resiliency to keep going with such a horrible injury, and it keeps us as fans happy and still deliver a great match with Seth freaking Rollins being such a champion as a worker to make it work. I just don't understand how it seems like the brand split is over, but SmackDown Go Home show meant nothing, and SmackDown only had one match at the PLE. For everyone else, that's P-L-E. We say PLE around here. Uh, felt like a Raw-only pay-per-view. Yes, I said it. Someone else said that, too. Uh, I think it was Anthony DeMarco, our co-host, said the same thing, and, and it did. Uh, and, and also, when you say Seth freaking Rollins, I feel like Seth, the, the freaking part shouldn't be said as much. I know that, not that you annoyed me when you say it, but I think Jimmy Smith can't just say the name Seth Rollins. He has to put the nickname part in. The nickname part is overused. Now, I feel like the Seth freaking part should be when Seth is cutting a promo and he's speaking about himself. It shouldn't be like a middle name that they always have to use when they're referring to Seth. I mean... Jimmy Smith, I feel like at times can't even just say his first name. Oh, Seth's in the corner, you know, putting his hands up, trying to protect himself. He always has to say, and Seth freaking Rollins. I don't know. Why does he have to say his full name? I mean, it's it's almost like if Triple H were in the ring and people didn't refer to him as Triple H, they would say, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Why say the full thing? I, I guess that's just what he feels like he needs to do. Jimmy Smith at times really annoys me, I have to say. he's He's decent, and he, I guess he's... He's he's okay, but at times he just is a, I don't know. He annoys me sometimes. I got to say that, but uh, all right, moving on. So where is Roman? Dual champ for both brands, but last time he had a championship match was at WrestleMania. He hasn't even defended his new title he gained. Isn't there a clause saying the title needs to be defended within 30 days? Miller, you have to understand, there are rules, and there is this mythical WWE rule book but the rules only apply when it's convenient for the story. See how that works? The rules are not universally applied consistently at all. That's not how WWE rules work. Now, if you remember, I, I remember back in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, when somebody would go a month or so and then the, the commissioner or the general manager would point out that, hey, you haven't defended that championship in 30 days. Well, I could strip you of this unless you defend it. It comes up when it's when it's storyline convenient. And I don't think it's ever going to be addressed. 
But you're right. There is that kind of floating rule out there that no one cares to talk about. So, yes, and he has a, he's a dual champ. We don't know how he's going to defend it yet. If it's an actual just a single championship with two belts, we don't know. I've gone over this. We don't know until he actually defends it, which presumably is going to be at Money in the Bank against Riddle. Sorry, I'm annoyed, Matt. Love your podcast and all the shows. Great job to WTFW crew. Love your show. I will join your club and take on the casual wrestling crew. You guys are the ones, and they are not even the twos. Damn. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of drama. A lot of of drama, guys. Have a great week for you all from the beautiful South freaking Africa. (laughs) Good stuff, Miller. Good stuff. Love it. All right. I'm going to take a quick break for the sponsor of today's episode, and then we'll be right back with a couple more emails and diving right into voicemail. So stay right here. Hey, guys. So check out our sponsor of today's episode and the doctor. It's a doctor I actually love to see. He's where I get all of my CBD from, and it's a doctor that you can visit too by going to drganja.com. That's Dr. D-R. Ganja, G-A-N-J-A dot com. They have a huge selection of CBD and hemp-based products, including cannabinoids such as Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, THCA, THCO, THCP, HCC, and so much more. And the best part is they ship for free within the United States and offer international shipping as well. So go to drganja.com, D-R-G-A-N-J-A.com. And right now you can use the promo code WWE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. Also, if you're located in the Los Angeles area, if you're somewhat local, they just opened the Dr. G store. It's located at 11302 Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. They've been around for over four years and everything they have on the site is available for pickup, but the actual store has additional products the site doesn't have drinks, snacks, tobacco products, etc. But check out the website, guys. Most of you are probably not local, so I'd really recommend you go to drganja.com and get all of your CBD needs. And don't forget to use that promo code WWE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go check out drganja.com today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Let's continue on. I got a few more emails, as I said. Not a ton. Not a ton. But uh, let's let's get into it here. And I'm trying to make sure I don't have any other patrons. I say that because some of you guys message me that are not through the native Patreon app. So let's get into it. Levi. Levi Graham writes in and says, question, are we supposed to believe that Edge is all of a sudden supposed to be uh, believe that Edge is a baby face? I don't. But I also know or who knows. Also, Seth and Cody are in a feud still because I thought Cody was injured. Well, Levi, yeah, I mean, we're all supposed to just uh, turn and believe that uh, or feel sympathy for Edge. <clears throat> and you see this sometimes with uh, people getting ousted from groups where that person who gets beat down three on one, four on one is by de facto the baby face because, you know, it's the numbers game. That's not fair. They're getting beat down by three other people. I want to see them. That's not, you know, that's, that's BS, right? So it's just the psychology um, of seeing someone outnumbered that's supposed to create the babyface turn. <clears throat> and it was unsolicited. 
right? It was unsolicited. It wasn't something Edge was manipulating these individuals or, or, or doing something sneaky and he deserved it. It was just out of nowhere and it was a numbers game. So <clears throat> that's how Edge turned babyface and we're all supposed to just believe it. And you know what? Edge is so talented, it'll probably work, but I'm sure he's disappointed that it got cut so damn short and it is a tragedy. And as far as Seth and Cody, yeah, no, they're still in a feud, but it'll continue after he returns, after Cody returns from his recovery from his injury, whatever that is. It could be a month, could be four months, five months. We don't know. I really don't know the answer, but it is just telling you it was uh, it was as if you saw text on the screen saying to be continued, right? There will be a part four, and that will happen when Cody returns. Thanks, Levi. All right, let's get to Robert. And he's from the Ringside, WWE Ringside Podcast. And he says, I just finished watching Hell in a Cell. And there's a couple of questions I have. First, with Lashley seemingly sending a challenge to Roman, do you think we get Lashley versus Reigns at SummerSlam? I know Orton's penciled in, but maybe his injury angle might have some truth behind it. And they're replacing him with Lashley. I think Lashley's a fail safe. I think Orton is more desirable versus Roman. And I would agree based on star power and the fact that it'd be fun to see those two. Because, I mean, Lashley's a big guy, but he's not as charismatic as Orton. Let's just call a spade a spade. And plus, Orton's just a bigger star. But I think Lashley's a failsafe. Now, on Monday night, obviously, we saw the follow-up, which was Theory getting involved and, 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 and having Lashley challenge Theory for his United States Championship. Theory declined. And before that, though, before he was interrupted by Theory, we had Lashley talk about and point to the, the Money in the Bank briefcase. He didn't overtly talk about it because he was interrupted. But I think, as I said a couple of minutes ago, we're going to have Lashley and theory in some kind of United States championship match, whether it's on raw or at the event or at the money in the bank event, but also Lashley could be doing double duty and be involved in the money bank ladder match. So I think they're going to see how far Cody is from returning. They're going to see, um, you know, if, uh, Orton is close to returning and see how long that's going to be. And I think Lashley's a good fallback if Orton can't go. Second question. Do you think any match over delivered at hell in a cell? I think the Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin match was great. I wasn't expecting too much after Backlash, but they put on a better match. I'm glad Moss got rid of the suspenders. They were trash. I, that's one. I think that's one that over-delivered. I even think the women's triple threat over-delivered. And, and I know that sounds weird because of the talent in the ring, but the storyline wasn't great. Right? You have Bianca Belair essentially rendered silent about the whole thing. She was just sitting at ringside most of the time just scouting her talent, whatever the hell that means. And... I mean, I know what it means, but she come on. She doesn't know what her talent brings to the table. She she doesn't know her movesets by this time. Uh, so I, I know the definition of it. But anyway, uh, so it wasn't a great story going in. You know, people don't want to boo Becky. People are also confused about Asuka because she used the green mist. But people are supposed to believe that because Becky Lynch was going to use the umbrella that she was... That's the reason she used the mist, but she already had the mist in her mouth. So regardless of whether or not the umbrella was there, we would have had Asuka cheat to win, but we're all supposed to forget that. And plus, Becky... Uh, or Asuka's the one that picked the fight with Becky when she returned, not the other way around. Again, plus Becky Lynch's music's hard to hate. It's a very confusing dynamic. And then you have Bianca, who is very, very... She's not nearly at the level she should be given the fact that she won her championship at WrestleMania for the second year in a row. So going into that match, I think all three women over-delivered based on the storyline and, and when comparing it to the storyline. So 
Uh, all right, third question. With Rhodes being hurt, do you think he will still compete at Money in the Bank? I know no one's been announced yet, but he seemed to be the heavy favorite. If he doesn't go, who do you think is the new favorite on the men's side? I could see Moss, Kevin Owens, or Rollins. That's all for now. Have a good one. Yep, I think Seth Rollins is the next in line, and I hope he is. I think he deserves it. That's who I would go with, but I think Lashley is another heavy favorite if he's not involved in just only the theory United States championship story. If they don't pull him and suck him completely into that and they maybe do double duty or move him away and just put him in the money bank ladder match, then Lashley's also a, a close second. So thanks Robert. Much appreciated. And let's continue on here. And uh, this is Jeff from the Philippines and Jeff writes and says, I thought AEW was going to do another CM Punk MJF rivalry. That is somehow similar to Cena and Punk in 2011. But this time it's Punk siding with the company because he is the AEW world champion and MJF will make it make him look like a hypocrite. But Punk got injured and Tony Khan doesn't want to relinquish the him to relinquish the title, but they're going to crown an interim world champion. This doesn't make sense if we're going to acknowledge Punk as the real champion. Yeah, it's like having your cake and eating it too or being half pregnant. Pick your analogy. You either are or you aren't. You either have a champion or you don't. You don't have a, a kind of a an acting champion. You can't do... How does that work? Right? Meaning, when Punk comes back, then what? I would imagine that Punk will fight whoever that interim champion is, and then that will be the true champion. But why should Punk have to fight for something he never lost? He's the true champion. Why should he have to fight this... Uh, this I guess, duplicate or farcical champion, when in reality, he's the real one. I don't know. Um, phony is the better word I was looking for. I don't I don't like that idea. I really don't. But number two, I think AEW should get rid of the ranking system. It's very flawed. It's difficult to take seriously, especially if the company presents themselves in, very, in a very sports entertainment way. Also, if the top rank doesn't suit in the narrative they want to show, they rely on battle royals and tournaments to determine the number one contender for the championship. Well, yeah, see, I like rankings in theory, in concept, on paper. It sounds great. And WWE actually surveyed the fans to ask if they'd want some kind of system like that. I would vote no on that, too. And as much as as fun as that would be, it would be very difficult to get around booking when you if apparently the, if the ranking system is put into place and you use that ranking system to determine who gets championship opportunities and the story that is going on doesn't line up with who's in the rankings or where they are in the rankings then how do, why even have a system if you're not going to follow it and it's also very difficult to book around that you're handcuffing yourself every time you put somebody in a match because then every match will have consequences in the standings it's difficult. It's really, I mean, WWE can't even manage this, this kind of arbitrary system of championship contender matches when somebody loses a, a pay-per-view match and then suddenly they're awarded another championship match and you can only, I mean, there's, there's so many silly things. WWE would never, they can't adhere to their draft rules for a week. You think they're going to stick by the a ranking system? I do not want a ranking system in WWE because they will not stick by it. And it's difficult to do. I'm not saying it's easy, but WWE can't manage even the basics, much less a ranking system that they'd be holding to. So, but I agree. Yeah. Um, number three, uh, the mid-card titles in WWE only became important 
when the world champion is in a part-time role. I think Roman Reigns is slowly going in that direction. Look how the Miz made inter- the Intercontinental Championship look relevant when Brock Lesnar was the Universal Champion. That's all for today. Hope all is well. Until next time. Well, thank you, Jeff. Well, you'd, you'd hope that is what they do while your champion is MIA, is to elevate those championships that are there while your world champion you know, takes it hostage and hibernates. You'd hope that they elevate the and bring more spotlight to the United States Championship, and especially to that Intercontinental Championship that is just dying. I mean, it's on life support. Now, do I think that tomorrow night on SmackDown that we're going to get a new Intercontinental Champion when we have uh, we have uh, not Walter uh, Gunther face Ricochet? Yeah, I hope. I hope we do. Gunther, I think, could bring some real credibility back to that championship and have a long six month plus run with it. So finally tomorrow we could have new life breathed in back into that championship, but that's one of one of, and there's not a whole lot, but one of the benefits of having a world champion go into like hiding is you get to elevate championships that otherwise don't get the spotlight because it's overshadowed by your top belt. So thank you, buddy. All right. I think uh, we have, hold on one, one more. Do we have one more? Nope. I think that it does it. Does that do it? Yes. I think that does it for the mailbag email portion of the show. Now it is time, guys, to get to those all-important voicemails. So here we go. Hello, WWE Podcast. This is Sean from Israel, and I am the leader of the Faith Faction Group, also known as the Jewish Hammers. As a faith faction, we are ready to defend our titles every day of the night. We are holding the Tag Team Jewish Championship, the World Jewish Championship, and the Intercontinental Jewish Championship. Who our members are? Well, let me introduce them. First of all, our manager is one of the most famous Jewish people in WWE. Paul Heyman! Iskadash, the Iskadar, Shemei Our second member is a great young talent that we didn't see a long time. He is the first Israeli wrestler, Noam Dar. Also, maybe the first Israeli-born superstar, you know, to compete in WWE ring. What does that, what does that mean to you? That's right. If someone, you know, it was just a random tweet. I think if someone had dropped an email saying that that I will be the first Israeli to to wrestle on a WWE show. Uh, for me, that's mind blowing. The third one, he's smart. He has a talent in PowerPoint, and he's very good in wrestling. Get it on to Drew Gulak. Have we played dreidel before? Uh, That's no, right. I, I mean, I haven't. I, don't, I never. So not so much on the dreidel front. Any Hanukkah memories or experiences with the uh, tradition of dreidel? And the last member, the powerhouse, the big man, the famous Goldberg. That and you know you hear the the praying going on in the evenings, you know, as a as one of the most visible Jewish guys on the planet, I, I was extremely, I was terrified to go over the first time. I really was. Um, now, as a faction, we are ready 
to boot every other ill listener in your podcast. So if you want to be a part of us, well, you need to do some Jewish things. We can tell you in uh, another time. And that's it about the Jewish hammers. And like we always say... It. Um, one more thing about the Alin Sar pay-per-view or premium live event. Now that after all we saw that uh, the faction of Edge is falling out, I think that the WWE is ready for the Jewish Hammers in order to take over this industry. Bloodline, you are the next. I gotta say, I, 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 I didn't see that coming. You guys are crazy. You got passionate and crazy. But I got to say, there's so many factions and heels running around. Um, how are you guys settling this exactly? I I would love to see you guys settle it. Like, I mean, there's got to be, if everyone had 2K22, you'd settle it there. I mean, because otherwise, you, you, you guys are using my platform, my, my this show as a, a battleground, but... How are you guys? I mean, but there's no battles. You guys are just cutting promos on each other. So there's all these factions, but I don't see a whole lot of matches going on. Maybe there's stuff going on that I'm not a, not privy to. I, I don't. I'm not in the Discord chat as much as I probably should be. But I I don't know. Like I want to know what the outcome of all this stuff is. You guys, the Jewish hammers, good stuff. Paul Heyman's a part of your group. Drew Gulak, when he's not you know too busy getting his ass kicked by Charlotte, is part of your group. Great. You know that's good stuff. You guys got a very. That's a very diverse group uh, for sure. And I don't know. I would love to know the outcome of this. Like, how are you guys settling these feuds? You guys come up with all these characters and all this. How are you? How are you coming up with the conclusions? How are you coming up with the matches? I I don't know. Is it dungeons Dungeons and Dragons? Like, what what is it? I don't know. Okay, good stuff, uh, Sharon. Thank you for your input. Very unique input this week. Let's move on. Hello, Matt and the WWE podcast. I hope that I am more audible this time. I think it was because I was wearing my AirPods. That's why this sound was quiet. But anyway, these are my thoughts on the week. Um, first of all, Hell in a Cell. Uh, I didn't get to watch the whole thing just because of how busy I've been. But I kind of, uh, I watched like, you know, I skipped through it, watched um, the main event and like a few other matches. Seemed like a pretty good pay per view. Um, I listened to your review, um, and you got you go. Everyone I hear um, talk about it seems like it was a good pay per view, so that's good. And what I saw of it was good. Uh, I still don't think that it should be a pay per view. Um, it seems so pointless to me. Most of these pay per views seem pointless to me. I hope I wish they just got rid of maybe a third of the pay per views. Hell in a Cell can go. Uh, what's it called Backlash can go. Obviously, in a different order, um, or she wouldn't want a massive gap. But I think maybe like eight, six to eight pay per views a year would be much better. They would mean a lot more. But that's just my opinion. But some things I've got to talk about is some of these feuds that I'm looking at, and I'm thinking, what are these people going to do next? Like Ezekiel, what's he going to do after Kevin Owens? Because his whole his whole uh, character, his whole storyline is, I'm Elias' his brother. No, you're not Elias's brother. Yes, I am Elias's brother. So when that when that feud ends, what he's just going to be generic wrestler. Like who, who who's going to care about Ezekiel versus I don't know, can't even think. Just a, a, a the Miz. Like who who's going to care? 
All right, furthermore, what about these, what are they called, the Brawling Brutes? It used to be Fight Night, but they should have kept that name. And the uh, the New Day, like, what are they going to do after that feud? The last, I don't even know how long it's been. It feels like before WrestleMania, but I can't even think. It's just gone on for so long, just matches, or oh, match with Sheamus versus Kofi Kingston next week. Oh, now we've got, oh, now Drew McIntyre's here. It's just so long, it's just gone on. And I'm just done with it. And what are they going to do once it's finished? Like, the New Day versus who? Which other tag team? The Viking Raiders, I don't know where they are. Raiding some town somewhere, I don't know. There's, there's, there's just no one. There's just, like, they've just created characters around feuds. And I'm like, what can they do after? Same with Omos. Like, who's he in a fight now? Because they made him so powerful that the only person that could beat him was Bobby Lashley. But let's look at all the other big men. Shanky's dancing around. Commander Aziz got beaten up earlier. So who's believable to beat Omos or be in a feud with Omos? That's not just going to be beat down, beat down, beat down, beat down. Anyway, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Edge and the Judgment Day. Um, I don't know why they did this turn so early. Um, but I like... Finn as a heel, um, so that's good, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Peace. Oh, and you bring up some good points here as far as WWE ne- just needing to get rid of a lot of pay per views. They'll never do that. You, you and I probably both agree on that. They're never gonna do that because that's just their paper. That's the their I'll, I'll call it pay per view. Their pay per view model. That's just what they do. That's who they are. Everyone expects an event every month. While pe- some people would complain about that. Like you said, it would allow time for storylines to build. They could have enough time to create long-term story arcs. You wouldn't have to worry about coming up with, oh crap, we got to put up a paper, we got to come up with a pay-per-view main event for the. No, you'd you'd have like double or triple the time to do it, and every event would feel much bigger. But they're not, and they'll continue to come up with gimmick pay-per-views. And yeah, Hell in a Cell can go. Great balls of fire. <laughs> Anybody remember that? I, that was headlined, though, by Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar, one of the more underrated programs of all time. Um, but you know, also any Saudi Arabia event ever can go like any and all Saudi Arabia events can go. Um, yeah, I, I'd agree. A lot of the B pay-per-views at least cut down like you know three of them a year. I would agree. They're never going to do it, though. And as far as what's the next for some of the guys, well, Omas is going to stick in a tag team with MVP, and he's going to go with Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, maybe, as one of our previous emailers said. Or, he, you know, I don't think he's going to go on his own. He's going to team with uh, MVP, who's going to help coach him and be his mouthpiece, and he'll tag team with MVP. Or he'll get in a, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know where Omas goes, singles-wise. I don't know. As far as Elias, though, he already made claim on WWE's social media that he wants to well, his dream is to be a tag team champion with Elias. Yeah, I said that Ezekiel wants to be tag team champions with Elias. How are they going to do that? It would be imagine. If, and this is what Anthony DeMarco said on our show on Monday. Imagine, though, if Elias walks out with Ezekiel. And Matt, like people would be like, what the, f-? right? That would be insane. <laughs> so if all this time he truly was Elias's younger brother, imagine guys, imagine. Um, but all right. Well, uh, thanks Owen. Hope you're enjoying the, uh, the, 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 the wrestling events and, uh, yeah, definitely whatever you did this week, as far as audio quality, much better. So, uh, I'll talk to you next week.
Hey Matt, this is Robert from the WWE podcast, Ringside podcast, sorry. And I wanted to uh, ask you a couple questions. Um, so, with them having Money in the Bank, um, supposedly they're saying that it's headlining WrestleMania now, like you were saying. Um, but what are your thoughts on if they made Money in the Bank, the winner of Money in the Bank, headline SummerSlam? And because they call SummerSlam the WrestleMania of the summer, that way they're not waiting like nine months to WrestleMania. It'll be just like two or three months later, like they do with the Rumble and Mania. It was like a two or three month gap. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on on that? Um, another thing I want to talk about was I wanted to run a scenario by you. Um, what if we have Reigns, who is going for a thousand days, um, who hold the belt through WrestleMania? Um, Gunther, I do see winning the Intercontinental title from Ricochet next week. Um, he'll hold that until WrestleMania. He'll drop it at Summer, uh, drop it at WrestleMania next year. And then we have Reigns, who organically turns babyface, go up against Gunther and have Gunther be the one who takes it off him sometime, maybe next summer, uh, spring or summer. Um, so what are your thoughts on that possible storyline? Um, and, uh, what are your thoughts? Another thing I have is, uh, for SummerSlam, I have Theory against John Cena and Ripley versus Bel Air. Um, Bel Air will drop the title to Ripley, where Theory will go over against Cena. Um, I have seen a lot of back and forth between, between Cena and Theory on Twitter lately. So maybe building up towards that on SummerSlam. But um, I want to get your thoughts on all that. Uh, Have a good one. Bye. All right, Robert. Well, thank you, buddy. And okay, let's let's get to your points quickly. Main event of SummerSlam with the Money in the Bank winner and get the main event spot at SummerSlam. No problem with that, except for the fact that this year, Money in the Bank is about three weeks before SummerSlam. I mean, I think SummerSlam is like July 29th. The Money in the Bank event is July 2nd. Doesn't give a whole lot of time. <laughs> so um, I like it, but I think if you did it in a way that is that, that allows more space between those events, it would help build things. I don't dislike it, though, because they always say it's the WrestleMania of the summer. Right? So I like it. Just more space between the events. The thousand days and Roman Reigns turns babyface organically and then Gunther takes it off of him. Yeah, sure. I think look, Roman Reigns could turn babyface in any moment, honestly, if he wanted to. If they wanted to turn him, you listen to the crowd reaction as it is. And the fact now he's going away more, which makes the heart grow fonder. And that the people aren't as annoyed. And when he's there, it feels more special and they're more excited to see him. They could turn him at any moment if they wanted. They really could. But the question is, do you want to? These runs, that these kind of heel runs don't come along very often. They are very few and far between, especially at this level. So do I think that they could eventually make Gunther the guy to take it off of him after Roman Reigns turns babyface? They could, but here's the thing. You'd essentially go from a heel, a guy that held the belt as a heel for a thousand days, turns into an organic babyface for a short period of time, only to have Gunther, who's another heel, take it. I mean, that'd be like to be like several years of a, a heel holding that belt, you know, so um, I, I don't hate it because I think Gunther's a big time player and a future world champion. 
you know, I, I don't think it's impossible. I just think that'd be a lot of heel time holding the belts, which, you know, if you're a fan of heels, then yeah, that works. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for the support. And let's keep going. Hey, man, this is Justin from Maryland. Hope all is well. Just wanted to get my thoughts on a couple of things. I just finished Raw, and I was just left with so many questions. So first, what was that whole Becky Lynch 24-7, uh, 24/7 segment? Like, what was that? Like, first of all, you have the whole 24-7, you know, chasing during a Becky Lynch match. Like, I feel like that was kind of disrespectful because it's like, Becky Lynch is one of your top stars. Like, if that was a Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns match, they probably would have attacked those guys. So I, I didn't like that. And then you had Oscar coming out as a baby face, and she's distracting Becky Lynch, blatantly helping Dana Brooke win the match. And I'm just like, you're a baby face. Like, why are you doing this? So it kind of just made me kind of dislike Oscar a little bit. I mean, you know, she's good, but just that whole – that whole thing, like, her helping Dana Brooke was just, like, I didn't like that. Like, you're a baby face. So I just didn't like how she just, you know, tried to help her win like that. Next, the uh, uh, Judgment Day turn on Edge. I did not see that coming. I was hoping that it was going to be Finn Balor coming up, but I was definitely surprised. It kind of made me, like, I was definitely shocked. Like, because I felt like it's too early. You know, they just started it, and then Edge, he's the leader. And Damian Priest talking about how Edge is holding them back when they've been winning matches and stuff. So I didn't really understand that. I mean, it's definitely going to be interesting to see where it goes. Of course, we're going to get Edge and Finn Balor probably at SummerSlam, if not money in the bank. But that whole situation just left me with so many questions. But I'll wait to see what you say about it. Uh, next, uh, real, uh, Real winning the face of Bianca at Money in the Bank. I was surprised. I felt like they was going to hold off on that until SummerSlam. I don't think Rhea's going to win right away. I feel like they're going to have some kind of false finish or some kind of finish where Rhea's going to want to rematch at SummerSlam and she's going to get it. But I was just surprised that they went to it so quickly. I figured that Liv might get it, you know, because we haven't seen Belair and Liv, but I don't know. I mean, it's fine, but I just felt like they just rushed that. So, um, yeah, and then uh, let's say we're going to get Lashley in theory. I thought that they were going to do Roman Reigns and Lashley, but I guess not. I don't think Lashley's going to beat Theory. And then um, I feel like, yeah, they're going to set up Theory for John Cena. It was pretty obvious he's going to be on Raw. So someone from Raw is going to... Uh, have a match with him. I thought it was going to be Edge, but since Edge is going to be babyface now, then it's going to have to be Theory. So, all right, Justin, thank you as always for taking the few minutes and calling in here. So, okay, you went over a lot of stuff here. I'll I'll pick a few things here. The Raw twenty four seven title and having Becky get distracted by Oscar. Oscar's Oscar's the one that picked the fight with Becky when she first returned. I mentioned that a few minutes ago. Oscar's the one that picked this fight. And then she continues to act like a heel and use the green mist and a couple of weeks ago to win that spot to uh, challenge for the Raw Women's Championship at the last event. And then she helps uh, Dana Brooke get the victory over Becky this week, unprovoked, distracting her. It doesn't, yeah, Oscar, you could argue, is kind of a heel. Like, and she's honestly, I don't know, in ring, she's amazing. But 
her character is, is a bit obnoxious right now. I completely agree. I mean, I, I do. And as far as the Judgment Day goes, that's a great way. That's the best phrase to use when describing this Judgment Day storyline. Let's rush it. Like, that's in quote. Like, let's just make that big neon sign. Let's rush it. Like, let's rush things. That's exactly what this group did. They ousted their leader like months too soon. They have Rhea challenged her for the Raw Women's Championship like instantly, which honestly, that matchup's going to be great. I already mentioned about it, and I'm with you about the SummerSlam thing. It probably won't happen immediately, but in, in, uh, at the event in SummerSlam, definitely will probably happen. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the whole thing was rushed. The entire group and the, what happened this past week was rushed. And I don't know if it's a knee-jerk reaction to the Cody injury or what, but thanks, buddy. And let's keep things rolling. This is Memphis Mark calling you from Mullet Manor in parts unknown. Hello, everyone. Hubba Bubba, let's get in some trouble. Let's go straight into it. I could go into a lot of different ways right now. We could uh, we could talk about how Bobby did so much better on the mic. He actually did very good on the mic. Uh, and I, I thought that uh, everything they set up on that was good. And even the little bringing back the dirty dogs at the end to give him P- MVP a little touch upside the head. Uh, and, you know, so that was a great one. <clears throat> Theory. Theory, and, and I thought, was 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 excellent. Excellent. So, hey, we might have something there. Seth, of course, awesome. Real quickly, we're going to do a, 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 a tribute update here. So, uh, here we go. This is DJ Memphis Mark coming in here with a beer update. He talks. He kicks butt. He's pretty damn big. All right, that was my best DJ Guzman imitation. I'm going to retire right now from that before I screw it up any worse. They brought the 24-7 title into Becky's backyard. Thank goodness they didn't get her in the middle of that crap. And uh, I guess she handled it about as best as someone could. But let's get into the meat of this really quick. Edge and his flock, they turn on him. Damien's might work, except for one little screw-up to talk about. Uh, But anyway, he did a great job. Then joining the flock. Man. Wow. And they let Edge do a little ass kicking towards the end, try to come back. But, you know, it was just too much of an uphill battle, too much of an obstacle to overcome. So I think the story writing had got kicked up a notch with the injuries possibly. Hmm. Hmm. You know, they hadn't worried about AEW over there writing great shows. So they've just been kind of carrying on because they had some good talent. But an injury. Hmm. Maybe they're having to get off their ass. All right, anybody or everyone, I should say, you remember to spay and neuter. And as always, oh, yeah, listen to AEW Review this month. I will be doing it this month, filling in for Mimi. Thank you. And as always, I'm out. Well, there it is, guys. The impression you didn't think you needed. Mr. DJ Kuzmo. 
I guess, channeling through Memphis Mark here. And uh, shout out to DJ. We miss you, man, and looking forward to your return. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, um, Seth, brilliant as always. There's really and nothing Seth does is bad. Like Seth never doesn't have a bad match. He doesn't have a bad promo. He doesn't have a bad segment. Seth is just a, a consummate professional and kills it in most of what everything, everything he does. He's just a victim of the booking. So, um, look, I, I think that uh, the Becky Lynch stuff, as I said, she doesn't need to be involved in that. I'm glad she didn't win the 24-7 title. She has no business in there. She can leave the comedy joking uh, segments to those that have nothing else going on in catering um, or nothing else that creative feels they're worthy of. <clears throat> and... Yeah, but the Edge stuff, yeah, I mean, I, I've commented on it a lot throughout this show. I'll be disappointed next week, though, if he comes out to his old music. You know, as much as I love his babyface music might be one of the best babyface songs of all time. It's so good, and it's so energetic, and it's perfect. But I'll be very disappointed if he comes out just as that Edge next week. You know, the one that he said he tossed aside and he saw the light, so to speak, or he embraced the darkness or, you know, he had that seed of evil all the way back to the ministry of darkness. All of a sudden he tosses that aside and we're supposed to just side with him. Like Edge has to take baby steps here, meaning maybe he comes out to no music next week. No music. Maybe he just walks out and there's no sound and he just walks out and kind of like a disheveled street clothes or something. I, I don't know. But you can't go immediately back to Mr. Uh, rated R superstar. You can't do that. There has to be an evolution. And that's what I'm concerned about. They'll do. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, Memphis Mark, thank you, buddy. And let's continue. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So I wanted to talk about Raw and the main event with the women. And now that Rhea is going after Bianca, this is great. Because as I, I said before, I think Rhea is more interested as a character than Bianca. And so I think at Money in the Bank, I would, I would put the title on Rhea right, right away at Money in the Bank and then they do the rematch at SummerSlam and still have Rhea retain and just have Rhea this and have, make Rhea strong. And now that Balor's part of Judgment Day, I think that's awesome and cool as well. It can probably make, make the group interesting now that Balor's a target. They got rid of Edge. You probably, and so, because Edge was the problem and I think having now have Balor, Priest, and Rhea as a, as a team could be fun. Um, and my final point is that how you feel about a potential Liz Morgan Alexa Bliss tag team? They kind of I can see them working well together because then they're kind of similar of the way they act and and just, I just feel like they could be a good tag team in the future. So I'll give you thoughts on um, those three um, things. But thanks for all. Bye. Hey Kyle. So. Quick, quick answer, really. I mean, as far as Alexa Bliss and Liv Morgan go, I have no problem with that. But is there really even a women's tag team division right now? If there's not, no. I mean, if they're not going to ever take that tag team division seriously, then no, because both of them should be single stars. But if they're going to take it seriously, like actually seriously, then yeah, they'd be a good team. Other than that, no. Keep them apart. There's no need for any tag teams at all unless they're going to start taking that division seriously. And right now, there is no women's tag team division, and they've quietly put those tag team belts aside, and they should. So, um, all right. Well, thank you, Kyle, and and I'm I'm glad you are glad. I'm glad you're excited finally about Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair to kind of change things up. I know you've wanted something different for a while, and there you go. All right, a couple more voicemails, and that's it, guys. Here we go. Hey, it's uh, Reggie from Arkansas. Um, I just wanted to discuss 
the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, or excuse me, premium live event that we just watched on Sunday. And I, just like WrestleMania Backlash, it really surprised me. Um, I kind of felt like they missed the ball with Becky and Bianca being in the Hell in the Cell match. Um, that was really the only noteworthy rivalry that the WWE has had over these past couple of months that deserved it. And I kind of feel like they missed the ball with that. But um, I loved I, – they messed up with Mustafa Ali. I'm sorry. Like, he was in his hometown. I feel like he hasn't done anything in WWE besides do flippy-dippy-doo-dah moves. And it's like WWE doesn't care. It's like they want him to suffer and go through a bunch of pain for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, all in all, I'd say the show was B+. Plus and the utmost, utmost respect for Cody Rhodes wrestling with a torn peck. I don't, I don't know how he did it, but now with wrestlers, with Cody wrestling through a torn peck, I expect everyone to wrestle through whatever little nagging, bugging injury that they have. But let's go to Monday Night Raw. That turn for Finn Balor was amazing. Amazing. I love that. I love Finn Balor as a heel. Me personally, he's a better heel than face. But, you know, that can be left up for discussion. Um, I love the left-handed handshake by between Cody and Seth. That just let me know that something was going to go on. And uh, I think that's all for this week. All in all, a good week of wrestling. And I hope that – I hope to call in next week if my son doesn't make his appearance, but I hope you all have a great day. Thank you. Hey, Reggie from Arkansas. How you doing, man? So your point about Ali. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, I, I think I covered this in my raw review, but I'll stand by what I said. I'm not going to change it. And I hear you. I think in a lot of reviews, professional reviews, CBS sports and, you know, uh, bleacher report, a lot of them said, hey, this is a missed opportunity for Ali. What the hell? But the other, the flip side of it is how many times has somebody been in a hometown where the hometown hero gets destroyed or loses due to the heel? So, I mean, in other words, isn't it a great opportunity for the heel to get even more heat than in, if it was just a random town? What better place to get heat than to beat somebody, their hometown hero, in their hometown. You know, so it doesn't have to have to be the fairy tale ending. It can be the opposite where it it's it's created to get more heat for that person. So I hear you and I understand. I mean, there's an argument to be made for both sides. So I, I get it and, and uh, I understand. But uh, thanks, Reggie, for calling in. It's uh, good, good to hear from you and I hope to hear from you next week. Let's keep going. One more. Hey Matt, it's N- not NY. According to Kanye, just please give me a new nickname on the the Fire Trash WCFW episode. I'm on the Permafire list. I'm per- Permafire Kyle now. <laughs> Permafire Kyle, back again. By the way, if anyone hears any cars in the background, I'm outside right now working on my lunch break. That's why, if you hear me outside, that's the reason why. If you're wondering or anything, so uh, got two things to talk about. Judgment Day and Becky Lynch. First of all, Becky Lynch, 
I know what you said, Matt, on the, the Raw, Raw review, that, you know, this is most relevant to the 24-7 title still, but at the same time, it relegates Becky Lynch down to the 24-7 title picture, which is pretty embarrassing if she was just in a women's title match. That's why I I don't like it. I was pretty pissed, actually, because, like, why? Why is she down to that level now? And even though, yes, I know Asuka helped Dana Brooke win, still, Becky got pinned by Dana Brooke. That's, like, absurd. But, yeah, whatever, I guess. <laughs> so, anyway, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor became lead. I, I have a feeling it's going to be Finn Balor joining. I, the Edge turn, no, I did not expect them turning on Edge. That was not expected. I did not think that was coming. At the same time, I understand why they did it, probably because he's part-time and all and stuff, and he can't be there all the time, and he's also a Hall of Famer. So I guess that's why he's not, he, they, 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 is like their way of writing him off TV, I guess? I don't know. Kind of just like Cody Rhodes. I also don't think the Cody Rhodes of Rollins suit's continuing. Hell in a Cell seems like a finale. I think that was just Seth Rollins writing Cody off TV and getting, getting Seth a little momentum back after taking three losses in a row, which I'm still pretty pissed about. Um, so, anyway, um, yeah, Judgment Day, I do agree with what you said about Ed Zell, even though he's, part, I guess I can say he's part-time, that's why they wrote him off. I do agree with, agree with what you said. It should have been, like, six months to a year from now. It was way too soon. So, anyway, my three, anyway, my three minutes are almost up, so thanks, as always, and I'll talk to you guys all next week. All right, Permafire, or Permakyle, per, whatever they called you. <laughs> Um, get back to work. You, sh- you shouldn't be working uh, while you're calling. But uh, don't listen to this podcast and operate heavy machinery. So I'll, I'll make your, my comments on your two points about Becky. My comment about on Raw, how Becky actually helped make the 24-7 title more relevant than it's ever been. But your argument against it is, well, she was brought down to the 24-7 title. There was no elevation of the 24-7 title, but yet she was brought down to that level and you know that that's exactly right i mean i don't think the goal was to create relevance for the 24/7 title it's really a prop it's a kb toys toy those of you 90s kids know what i'm talking about it was it's essentially just a a prop it doesn't mean anything i'm eligible for the 24/7 title everyone here is eligible for the 24/7 title that's how relevant it is that's how much value and prestige it has that's all you need to know about a championship like that so now um, what i'll say though is that um, it, it was it was nothing more than a segment to embarrass Becky Lynch and to I guess people for people to laugh at Becky at the expense of Becky because Oscar who had no business being out there who's acting like a heel causes Becky to lose <sighs> yeah and she still did lose to Dana Brooke which is a it's a it's a cardinal sin in and of itself no matter how you lose to Dana Brooke I mean it is but um, that said uh, let's see oh Edge yeah so the Edge thing and how it wasn't expected well. Yeah, I, I agree. Everyone, I mean, everyone had heard rumors for weeks and weeks that Finn Balor was going to join the Judgment Day. I even suspected that that's possible. I advise against it, but I said it wasn't the worst cho- uh, choice in the world. And it's you know, okay, fine. He's in the Judgment Day. We'll see how it's going to work out. Um, but the part of Edge getting ousted is, of course, the part that no one expected. And if WWE did that just to swerve the fans, of like, ah, oh, see, so you didn't see that coming. It's like, okay, yeah, we didn't see that coming. But what's the follow up? And they go, I don't know, but we got you. I feel like a lot of times they do that where they, they do something that they think we expect all the fans expect, but then they switch it and do something that doesn't make sense just so they can say, ha ha, see, we got you. You didn't expect that. And it's like, okay, great. You know, you know, applause for you. But let me ask you a deeper question. What was the meaning of that? And where are you going from here? 
how are you going to follow up on this? Was this a good long-term creative decision? How'd you come to this conclusion, right? So if they're doing it for the superficial reasoning or even partly for the superficial reason of, oh, we just want to swerve the fans, bad choice. A swerving of the fans and doing something fans don't expect should be a side effect of a great decision. It shouldn't be the main purpose of a decision. It shouldn't be how you make your decision. It should just be a happenstance. And I hope that's not the case of where Edge just was ousted to surprise fans. I hope they weren't that dumb. Um, but uh, you know, in fact, your, your, your um, speculation of why it also happened is because, well, Edge is a part-timer. He's not going to be able to be there every week. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, Edge... It doesn't need to be there every week if he can't actually make it. He's not wrestling, so there's no tax on his body other than the travel. So he's not wrestling every week. He takes a few bumps maybe if a baby face gets his hands on him. But also, Roman Reigns isn't there every week, and yet the bloodline still holds itself together. So the leader doesn't need to necessarily be there every week. And that, that's a that's not a good decision or a good way or a good reason for to, to get rid of a leader of a group that's doing very well just because, well, they're a part-time that I could be there every week. Well, that's the whole point of bringing a legend into the group, isn't it? They're there even they're there in spirit and by association, even if they're not physically there every week. And the part of the group, the whole purpose of a faction is to create new stars. And you just got rid of the biggest star in that group. So what are you doing now? You know, I, I don't know. I'm very perplexed by this whole thing. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I eat my words because I want to see it succeed. But I they chopped the head of the snake off. And now what? So, all right, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you to everybody. And DJ Kuzmo and Spirit, uh, channeling through Memphis Mark. Everybody, seriously, thank you so much for joining me. And if you want to go ad-free, do that on Patreon for one effing dollar. Maybe that should be the slogan. One effing dollar (laughs) is uh, how much it it takes to get into the door and uh, get hundreds of ad-free shows, a shout-out on this show, exclusive content, uh, priority placement in the mailbag. You heard it here. Lots of other great stuff. And you can also join us on Apple Podcasts if you are a patient, <laughs> Mr. Dennis McGinley. If you're patient and uh, give us a little time uh, when that ad free show goes up, it's not instantly when the ad the ad filled show goes up. So keep that in mind, guys. Um, but I do want to say thank you to everybody. Also, our website exists. That that's a thing. WWEpodcast.com. Use promo code Roman. Get yourself fifty percent off. There's ad free everything there as well on our website plus video. Uh, don't don't forget that. Use promo code Roman. Fifty percent off. Pretty damn good with promo code Roman. And you can also use our Amazon shopping link. That's really important for us guys. There's an Amazon big red banner in the middle of our page. If you do any shopping on Amazon, please consider using that link first. It doesn't do anything other than redirect you to the web to Amazon and tells Amazon we sent you and we get a little kickback. So, all right, buddy. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, take care and I'll talk to you next time. Hey guys, so check out our sponsor of today's episode and the doctor. It's a doctor I actually love to see. He's where I get all of my CBD from, and it's a doctor that you can visit too by going to drganja.com. That's Dr. D-R, Ganja, G-A-N-J-A.com. They have a huge selection of CBD and hemp-based products, including cannabinoids such as Delta 8, Delta 10, Delta 9, THCA, THCO, THCP, HCC, and so much more. And the best part is they ship for free within the United States and offer international shipping as well. So go to drganja.com, D-R-G-A-N-J-A.com. And right now you can use the promo code WWE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your entire order. 
Also, if you're located in the Los Angeles area, if you're somewhat local, they just opened the Dr. G store. It's located at 11302 Santa Monica Boulevard in L.A. They've been around for over four years, and everything they have on the site is available for pickup. But the actual store has additional products the site doesn't have. Drinks, snacks, tobacco products, etc. But check out the website, guys. Most of you are probably not local, so I'd really recommend you go to drganja.com and get all of your CBD needs. And don't forget to use that promo code WWE at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Go check out drganja.com today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.